Welcome to the Lab Rats Podcast. You are now entering the maze. Hey everyone, Andy here. Hope you all had a safe, healthy Thanksgiving. So this episode is actually a recording from the sleep workshop that Aaron and I hosted at the Indie Fitness Festival back in September. Um, We had recorded this on some portable mics, and we were actually wearing masks when we were giving this presentation to a a, a big open room um, that was actually in a brewery. And uh, the audio is a little muffled. It's not the greatest audio quality, but I think it's still listenable, hopefully. Um, You probably heard us mention some of the stuff that uh, we talk about in the workshop regarding sleep, but this was kind of our 30-minute comprehensive guide to um, sleep hacks. So hopefully you get something out of it and enjoy. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started here. If you want to go ahead and scan the QR code on your table, that'll pull up some slides that we're going to go through just for the kind of the first bit of this workshop. And then we're going to get into the uh, like kind of a demonstration here on some sleep hacks. Um, so yeah, thank you for, for joining our sleep workshop today. We are excited and grateful that you're here. My name is Andy Kraft. I'm Aaron Kraft. And we are brothers and we host a health podcast called Lab Rats Podcast, where we take popular health and fitness topics like fasting, CBD, and we experiment with those things on ourselves. And then we dig into the research and see what scientific evidence has to say about those things. Um, And one of the first episodes we ever did was on sleep optimization. And sleep has been fascinating to us because we've, as I'm sure many of you have, have seen what sleep deprivation can do to a person, uh, but we've also seen sleep optimization. We spent a number of years uh, working in public accounting where we were working many late nights, months on end, and saw the negative consequences of not getting enough sleep. But we've also seen the restorative power that sleep can have on us. And that's really what we want to share with you today. All right, so we're going to start off with what sleep is exactly. Uh, Sleep is one of four biological factors that all humans possess. That is to eat, drink, reproduce, and sleep. But what is so interesting about sleep is the intense and uncontrollable desire we have for it after just a couple of hours. So after 19 hours of no sleep, uh, which isn't uncommon for us to experience, we become both mentally and physically equivalent to being legally drunk. Um, There's really no part of our body that is spared when we don't give it the sleep it needs. We become mentally, physically, emotionally, socially, and nutritionally deprived. Uh, simply put, there's just nothing else, no other biological factor that impacts us like sleep does. And while sleep may simply appear to be just a lack of consciousness from the outside, there's actually a lot that is happening internally. We typically sleep in 92, 120-minute cycles. So if you have your slides pulled up, the first slide there goes through the sleep stages. I'm sure a lot of you have seen this before. We typically start off in light sleep. We're in light sleep for about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, you know, it's easier to wake up in this stage. You may jerk awake. Those are called hypnic jerks. And then you gradually move into a deeper stage of sleep for about 15 to 30 minutes. And then eventually you move into REM, uh, REM stage, which is the, the dreaming stage for about 15 to 30 minutes. And we cycle through all of these stages four to five times each night, ideally. And each stage really serves an important purpose in our physical and mental recovery. 
which is why it's so important you're actually getting those full four to five stages, four to five cycles every night. So I want to hear a little, about, a little bit about your guys' sleep habits. So from the time that you guys uh, fall asleep to the time your first alarm goes off, uh, think in your head how many hours that is for you. And I'll give you a minute here to think about that. All right, now we're gonna quiz you guys a little bit. Um, raise your hand if you fall in the range of getting seven hours or less a night. All right, around half. Um, anybody get between seven and eight hours a night? That's where I think we fall, okay? <laughs> now anybody sleep more than eight hours a night? Okay, very good. So the, the general recommendation that you've probably all heard is that we need eight hours of sleep. Um, and that's a pretty spot on representation. Most of us fall in the category of needing anywhere from seven to nine. But what, uh, what scientific studies have shown over and over is what, that when we get less than seven, really uh, our health issues start to kick in. When we get less than six, more extreme issues kick in. And before you go off thinking that you can get less than six, um, there's really very few people who can do that. There are some who have actually a genetic mutation that does allow them to get six or less a night. Um, you may think you have that. I am guessing you don't. The odds of that are extremely small. Um, you're actually more likely to get struck by lightning than have this sleep superpower. So getting eight hours is the general recommendation. Yeah, so all that is to say is that 99.9% .9 of us need at least seven hours of sleep per night, ideally eight. But the truth is that most of us don't get that. Two-thirds of adults fail to get the recommend, recommended number of hours of sleep each night. And with work, kids, appointments, social life, exercising, eating, um, it's, it's hard. But today we want to share with you why it's so important to make the time. Uh, we're going to show you some ways that you can sleep better and how that can help you perform better, recover faster, and feel amazing. All right, so let's start off by talking about how sleep impacts our performance and recovery. Uh, another poll here, how many of you guys, raise your hand, if, if any of you take some type of supplement, whether that's like protein or vitamins, anything like that? Okay, almost about, just about everybody. Okay, what if there was a supplement out there that uh, increased your strength, increased your endurance, maintained lean body mass, improved your cognitive function? Um, you probably know where I'm going with this. That, that supplement does exist. It's sleep. It's, it's getting eight hours of sleep a night. Now, when we don't get eight hours, um, here's what happens to our body. And this is, this is accumulation of over 750 scientific studies have shown the results of what happens to our performance and our recovery. And if you look at the next slide on your phone, it will show that. So our muscle strength and endurance drops below its true ability. Our aerobic output is significantly reduced. Lactic acid builds up at a much quicker rate. Quickness and accuracy of our motor skills fall and our chance of injury significantly increases. So we can do all the right things for our health. We can eat the right foods, drink enough water, um, take the right supplements, uh, exercise, do the right recovery stuff after exercise like stretching and rolling out. But if we aren't getting sleep, our physical performance and recovery takes a massive hit. Um, ha have you guys ever heard of the, the health trackers like Whoop or Aura before? 
Yeah, a couple of you? Okay. So these two are, are very more recent uh, health trackers, and they are becoming extremely popular among professional athletes. So the WHOOP band uh, has partnered up with athletes like Patrick Mahomes, LeBron James, Michael Phelps, and the Aura Ring, which we both have one on here, and we're going to talk more about this later. Uh, they partnered up with like the NBA and WNBA. And there's a reason these professional athletes are becoming heavily involved with these trackers. It's because they know the importance sleep has on their performance during their games. So I want to share a specific example of one player from the Golden State Warriors, an NBA player, and they basically tracked his sleep for an entire NBA season, and they looked at his game statistics after each night of sleep. And the results were really fascinating. It's on a slide that you have. So they basically got his stats for days after he got more than eight hours and days after he got less than eight hours. And the stats you see there are nights after, or games where the night before he got more than eight hours of sleep. Throughout the NBA season, it resulted in a 29% increase in points per minute, a 12% increase in minutes played, a 45% decrease in fouls committed, and a 37% decrease in turnovers. So getting more than eight hours had a massive impact on his performance during the game and recovery between games. And Andy has more here to elaborate on that. Yeah. So another very important aspect of sleep and uh, performance is our body's ability to absorb glucose. So simply put, we need fuel to function. And most of the food that we eat is converted into glucose, which our muscles then store as glycogen. And then we use that later on for energy, like when we exercise. And insulin is it tells, tells the body, hey, there is glucose present. Make sure that you absorb it and store it so that we can use it later. Well, the problem with diabetics and pre-diabetics to some extent is that the body becomes less responsive to that insulin or less effective at absorbing and storing that glucose, meaning that your muscles basically lose their energy source. And what we found is that this same thing happens when you get less than seven hours of sleep per night. So there was a study where they took a group of healthy individuals and they sleep deprived them to four hours per night for six nights. At the end of those six nights, what they found is that the, their bodies were far less effective at absorbing a standard dose of glucose, and they were actually marked as pre-diabetics. And this is just after six nights, and this is with young, healthy, fit individuals. So all that is to say is that when we don't get adequate sleep, our bodies are much less effective at converting the food that we eat into fuel. And without fuel, we will perform less, we'll perform suboptimally, and it'll take longer for us to recover. And this could be happening to you and you just don't know because you've never gotten adequate sleep. And I wish I could say that if you just eat really healthy and you just exercise a lot, then you can kind of cancel out the negative impact of poor sleep, but you simply can't. And it can also wreak havoc on your blood pressure, which can lead to long-term cardiac damage. Don't have time to go all into that right now, but just know that blood sugar and blood pressure both take a massive hit when we don't get that seven to eight hours of sleep per night, which will affect your ability to perform and recover. So that's, that's kind of how it relates, sleep relates to exercise. Now let's talk about why people exercise in the first place, and that's weight gain. There's some interesting connections between sleep and weight gain. So um, I don't know about you all, but when I am tired, when it's late at night, is when I want to eat the most. 
and I don't want to eat a plate of veggies. I want a bowl of cereal. That's my personal late night snack. Or cookies. I want, I want junk food. And there's actually a scientific reason for this. So when we don't get enough sleep, there's a decrease in a hormone called leptin. And this is what tells our brain, hey, you're full, stop eating. There's also a, an increase in the hormone ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone. It tells you, hey, you're hungry, keep eating. On top of all that, your prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for your rational decision-making, starts shutting down. So you're more likely to make bad food choices. So when you don't get enough sleep, you really have three things working against you here. Your brain is telling you you're not full. It's telling you to keep eating. And you biologically have less willpower to say no to junk food. They've actually looked at the same group of people, and they found that when they got, only got five to six hours of sleep per night, on average, they ate 600 more calories per day than nights they got eight hours of sleep. Same group of individuals. So, you know, instead of going on maybe like a crazy new diet or starving yourself, simply try getting more sleep and see what that does to your caloric intake and your nutritional decisions. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Now, there are a lot more detriments to not getting enough sleep that we don't have time to get into here because we want to get to this fun stuff. But just know that when you do get sleep, you're going to be better at performing physically and mentally. You'll recover faster. You have greater metabolic health. You'll have an easier time losing weight. And overall, you're just going to feel better and live healthier. Um, the problem is that, that our society isn't really set up in a way to allow us to get seven, eight hours of quality sleep per night. So what we're going to do now is walk through some of our favorite biohacks to help you fall asleep faster stay asleep and sleep better, and wake up feeling more rested. Starting with what I think is the biggest hindrance of sleep, and that's blue light. All right, so let's talk about first what blue light is, in case you don't know. Blue light is the highest energy of light our eyes can see. If you look at the graph on your phone, you'll see kind of a spectrum of light, and blue is the strongest of that light. Red on the other end of the spectrum is the, uh, emits the least amount of energy. So we want to avoid blue light. Um, and Blue light is actually in most lights that we see, which is kind of unfortunate. It's in your average living room light. It's in our phones. It's in the lights above us. Um, I mean, it's not a bad thing that it's in everything. Even the sun emits blue light. It's probably the most powerful emitter of blue light, but the sun isn't visible for the entire day. It sets around nine o'clock and then we don't see it anymore. But what do we do at that time? We go inside, we make sure all of our lights are flipped on. We start using our phones more. And that's typically when we start watching Netflix. So blue light's not a bad thing. It's just when we continue to expose ourselves to it after the sun has set, when the world is telling us it's time to sleep, that's when issues kick in. It really affects our ability to fall asleep and stay asleep. And the reason for that is because blue light has a significant impact on our body's circadian rhythm. If you look at the next slide on your phone, you'll see a little like clock graphic which is an example of what circadian rhythm is. It's essentially uh, changes that happen within our body on a 24-hour clock. One of those changes is melatonin, which melatonin, if you don't know, is the sleep hormone. It's what's responsible for making us feel drowsy in the evening. And on that graph at the bottom right, you'll see that melatonin production stops in the morning, which is when the sun rises. 
And then going around to the top right, um, or sorry, like top left of it, you'll see melatonin production starts, which is when the sun sets. But if we continue to expose ourselves to light after the sun sets, it prevents melatonin from being produced. Um, the average living room light here can actually or can stop melatonin production by up to 50%. And there's been studies looking at the impact of screens in the evening. They did one study where they took a group of people and had them read on an iPad before bed, and the other group read on like a physical book. And the group that read on an iPad had melatonin production suppressed by up to three hours. So with all of this artificial light within our homes in the evening, we really have to hack our minds into believing it is nighttime, even though we have all of this light around us. So we're gonna transition to here. And the first thing we can do to help us with that is blue light blocking glasses. Yeah, these glasses are a very convenient way to limit blue light exposure in the evening. These are probably my personal favorite thing that we're gonna go through up here. I'll put these on two to three hours before bed and it seriously feels like I took a huge melatonin supplement. I, I get drowsy and I fall asleep almost immediately. I love these things. Now, if you wear glasses, you've probably been told that they have some sort of blue light blocking technology in them. And that may be true, but unless they are, they are orange or red like these, then most of the blue light is still getting through. These are specifically designed to block all blue light. Now, it's more impactful if you can wear these, but since you can't, I just have like a blue screen here and you can see the, the light base, the blue light basically just disappears. Um, it's cooler when you put them on, but th these are amazing. Uh, I'll put these on 7 p.m. Um, it gives my wife and I a chance to make dinner, uh, watch an episode of The Office, uh, do some nighttime reading uh, without having to worry about blue light suppressing my melatonin production. Um, and these ones, the brand is Raw Optics, R-A Optics. We're gonna send you an email after this with a few other brands. You can get something similar on Amazon, but most of those are just tinted orange. Um, they don't necessarily have the blue light blocking technology in them. Um, so just because they're orange doesn't mean they're blocking the blue light. Uh, you kind of get what you pay for with these, but these are an absolute game changer. Definitely recommend. All right, so the most common, I think, source of blue light in the evening is probably our phones. I assume most of us are looking at this just seconds before we try to fall asleep. And if you don't have the glasses, um, you don't wanna be using your phones in the evening, but there's something we can actually do to the screen to make it emit less blue light. So if you have an iPhone, go ahead and take that out if you don't have it already, and I'll walk you through on how to do this. If you do not have an iPhone, there's an app out there called Twilight. Um, we'll send you this info afterwards so you can download it and try it out then. But if you have an iPhone, go ahead and follow along with me and go into your settings. I'll try to go slow here so you can um, follow along. So once you're in settings, you're gonna scroll down and go into accessibility. All right, and then we're gonna go to near the top is something called display and text size. It has like two A's next to it. Click into there and then scroll to the very bottom. And like third from the bottom, you'll see something called color filters and click into that. And you should be at a screen now with these like little pencils on it. And then flip color filters on 
And then there should be something called color tint and select color tint. And then below that, something called intensity and hue. Flip both of those all the way to the right. And your screen should go into this dark red. Yes, there you go. Again, if I went too fast, this will all be sent out afterwards. You can get it set up then. Uh, and then scroll up and hit color filters again, and that should flip it off. And now we're going to set up a little shortcut to make this easier for you next time. Hit the back button twice. And now you should be back at your accessibility page. And then scroll to the very bottom of that. And you'll see something called accessibility shortcuts. Click into there and then color filters. Click that and you should see a blue check mark next to it. And now you can close out of everything, go to your home page. And if you have a home button, triple touch that. If you have a side button or power button, triple tap that. And you should see your phone goes into this dark red mode. <laughs> and then tap it again, it'll turn it off. So it's just an easy way to set it up. And uh, like we learned earlier, red light emits much less um, energy than blue light. So if you're using this in the evening, it's not going to impact your sleep. So every night at sunset, I always turn this on. It allows me to use my phone before bed without worrying about it affecting my sleep. Yes. Yeah. Night shift. Yeah. So night shift is better than nothing at all. It's basically just in between like red light is like full red light is much less energy. Night shift will still be better than straight up nothing. Um, but not as good as the red light. So I like to take it a step further all the way and get rid of as much blue light as possible. And that's what this does. All right. So that kind of covers screens in the evening. Um, but there's still lights around us. You know, our typical living room light here can suppress melatonin levels by 50%. And they're typically all around us. But there's a way to hack these two with smart lights. So this is a smart light. I can control it from my phone. And this does two things for me. One, it allows me to adjust the brightness. So most lights can either just go all on or off. There's no in between. But with this, I can turn it down to just like even 1%. So it's like candlelight. And it still allows you to move around in the evening um, without the impact of this bright light in your eyes. So that's how I have mine set at home is to go, I just lost something. It, I have mine set to dim uh, basically as the sun sets. You can also, in addition to changing the brightness, you can change the color of it, similar to what we just did on our phones. Um, if you want some Joe Rogan uh, new studio vibes, you can go into this deep red and uh, live like that in your house in the evening if you'd like. Otherwise, I just keep mine, um, the white light, just nice and dim in the evenings. And I found this to make my evenings much more relaxing. If you don't have a smart light already, um, they can be pricey to change your whole house out. So just start with the room that you spend the most time in in the evening. Um, so it's probably your living room and you'll really notice you get drowsy a lot, a lot quicker. So that kind of covers uh, basically everything leading up to bedtime. But what about after we go to bed, we've turned all the lights off, we've put our phones away and we're ready to fall asleep. So most of us probably have some sort of window in our bedroom, and it's likely that there's some sort of light coming through that window, whether it be street lamps, car lights, or even moonlight. 
even this light can tell our bodies that it's time to wake up, which is exactly what we don't want when we're trying to fall asleep. So there's a hack to this as well. I'm sure many of you have heard about it. They're called blackout curtains. Now, this is just a regular bedroom curtain. And as you can see, a lot of light still gets through. You know, blinds would be similar. Well, there are blinds that are specifically made to block out all the light. So you can see here, there's a lot of light coming through, but, but when you put the blackout curtain over it, it's just gone. And um, if you get like the really nice ones, they're like nice and thick, and then it can actually just make the light disappear entirely. Um, now, if you don't want to go through the hassle of like setting up uh, blackout curtains, you can get a sleep mask. These are very affordable, 15, 20 bucks on Amazon. And I know not everybody can stand like sleeping with something on their face, but they're actually making these very comfortable these days. I love these things. They're very thin, they're soft, and they have eye cutouts. So you don't have that pressure against your eyeballs. Um, and the nice thing about these is they're not only blocking light from like the window, but also light from within your room as well. So things that you may not even think about, like LED bulbs on the smoke detector or a nightlight or light coming in from under the bedroom door, that can suppress melatonin as well. This takes care of that. Uh, they're very affordable and perfect for uh, like traveling on a plane as well. All right, so that covers all things light. Now we're gonna move into kind of the second phase and another big disruptor of our sleep regulation, and that's temperature. So before the invention of AC and heat, our bodies would rise, our body temperature would rise and fall with the sun. So as the sun would go down, our body temperature would decrease, and that triggers our body telling us it's time to go to bed, we'd get drowsy, fall asleep, and then the opposite happens in the morning. Well, with as nice as AC and heat is, uh, the problem with that is that we pretty much maintain the same temperature all throughout the day and night. So we never receive that temperature trigger that it's time to fall asleep. But there are a few ways that we can hack that as well. Lower our body temperature two to three degrees, which can help us fall asleep faster and sleep deeper. So the, the number one thing we can do to regulate our body temperature is to really just keep the room nice and cool. The optimal sleeping temperature for your room is between 62 and 68 degrees. I know that might sound kind of cold for you guys, but having it at least 68 allows your body temperature, your internal body temperature to drop that two to three degrees. So one really simple way to do that is with a smart thermostat. So I have this installed at my house. And what this does is it learns your basically patterns over time. So the first few weeks of having this, I would always turn my AC to 68, which is my preference. And then um, it learns that and it just does it automatically. So now every night when I'm about to go to bed, my room is already prepped. It's nice and chilly at 68 degrees. Now you don't need a smart thermostat to do that. Obviously you can just manually adjust it, but the key thing is just to keep your room at least at 68 degrees. And this can be a little tricky if you have a sleeping partner with you, they might have a different uh, temperature preference. So that is where the chili pad comes into play. Yeah, okay, so this big contraption here, this pad and this, um, this device here is called a chili pad. This thing is amazing. It, it, you put water in this reservoir, it filters water through uh, tubes that go in here. You put this under your sheets and you sleep on top of it and it helps you regulate your body temperature uh, throughout the night. 
So it's all controlled on your phone. You can set it all the way down to 55 degrees or up to 115 degrees. And what's nice about this is you can have it cool in the early hours of the night and you can actually have, you can actually set a, uh, a heat alarm. So it starts gradually increasing the temperature to wake you up in the morning, which is how our body temperature would be naturally regulated if we were outside. So this can really help you improve the quality of your sleep. Um, the first night I tried this, my deep sleep shot up, um, fell asleep very quick, and just was much, my sleep was much more efficient. Uh, these are a little expensive though, so this is a half queen. You can actually get two, one for you and your sleep partner and set different temperatures. This is a half queen, and I think regular price this is like 700 bucks, so it's not cheap. Um, but if you really struggle to fall asleep and stay asleep, it may be worth the investment. All right, so far we have covered light, avoiding strong blue light in the evening, temperature regulation, make sure you are able to drop your body temperature two to three degrees before bed. And the third and final thing we're gonna talk about is the timing of when to do specific things leading up to bed. Specifically, when to eat, when to drink, when to exercise, and also when to sleep. So we're gonna start off of when to sleep. And for that, we're gonna talk about jet lag a little bit. I'm sure if any of you have traveled across time zones, you've experienced jet lag. It's that feeling you get where your basically internal clock is off because you're in a different time zone. So if I were to travel over to Italy, it's gonna be uh, much later there. So if I, I'm not gonna be tired by the time it's time for bed there and it really throws off your sleep. And we think of jet lag as something only happening when we travel across time zones. But we actually experience a form of jet lag every single week. A lot of us have a consistent schedule from Monday to Thursday, but then Friday, the weekend rolls around, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we go to bed later, we sleep in a little bit later, and it really throws our body's internal clock into this vicious cycle of trying to figure out what its true rhythm is. So one of the most powerful things that we can do for our sleep is to not keep it guessing. It's to go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, every single night, seven days a week. And this is honestly so important that if you really take away just one thing from all of this, it's that piece of advice. It's totally free, you can try it tonight. Go to bed, wake up at the same time every night, seven days a week. And if you do that for, for a few weeks, your body will adapt and you'll find it's much easier to fall asleep quick and you won't be waking up as much throughout the night. So I think it's, it's very common to snack late into the evening. I know I'm guilty of this. It's kind of that one time during the day where you can just rest and relax, so we resort to eating. So putting aside the nutritional aspects of just continually eating, uh, it can also disrupt your sleep, primarily due to indigestion. So small snacks are probably okay, but if you're eating a big meal before bed, this can really disrupt your sleep. Uh, when you lay down, your body's trying to digest food, that can cause a lot of problems. Uh, could lead to intestinal pain, acid reflux, or you're just gonna be deprived of deep sleep because your body's not fully shutting down because it's busy trying to digest food. So the, a, big, a good target is cutting off big meals two to three hours before bed. Um, water, same for water. Uh, water can be a sleep disruptor, primarily due to frequent urination throughout the night. I personally have the bladder of a squirrel, so if I drink water before bed, I'm up all throughout the night. And like I said at the beginning, we sleep in these stages, and it's important that we go through each of those stages and cycles every night 
But if we're getting up in the middle of the night to, to pee, that gets disrupted and we're not gonna get quality sleep. So cutting off water two to three hours before bed is also a good target. That means you need to hydrate all throughout the day so that you can actually make that hard cutoff. But I found that I wake up feeling much more rested when I do this. Um, and then on the topic of liquids, it goes without saying, but caffeine is a stimulant uh, that can actually stay in your body for up to eight hours. So if you're drinking uh, coffee to get across that three o'clock slump, it is most likely disrupting your sleep later that night. And um, yeah, just a good way to, to avoid this is just cutting off caffeine earlier in the day, ideally before noon sometime. All right, um, I'm gonna wait till that goes by. <laughs> All right, and then I think it's worth talking about because we are at a brewery and that's alcohol. So alcohol may feel like a sleep aid later in the night, but it's actually a major sleep disruptor. So the way alcohol works is it first sedates your prefrontal cortex, which as I mentioned earlier, that's responsible for your rational decision-making. It's why when you drink alcohol, you're more loose with your words or your impulses in general. The, the logical part of your brain is starting to shut down. But then it starts to shut down the other parts of your brain, and that's when you start to get drowsy and tired, and then you drift off to sleep but you're not really going into a, a deep sleep. You are more in a state of sedation, similar to anesthesia, where you're not conscious, but you're not going into restoration mode. Multiple studies have shown that alcohol significantly suppresses REM sleep. REM is that dreaming stage, and it's responsible for the processing of emotions and memory. So when we drink alcohol before bed, we're depriving our body of that important mental recovery. Now, that's not to say don't drink alcohol. Just know how it impacts you personally. Like for me, if I have a glass of wine before bed, I know based on my aura ring that my REM sleep is gonna take a hit. So I can time when I drink alcohol um, to help with that. Just know how it affects you. If you want a, an alternative to alcohol, this is my personal favorite. It's called Kin, and it is a non-alcoholic elixir that is specifically designed to help you sleep. It's got melatonin in it, it's got L-theanine, tryptophan, magnesium, all things that are help, uh, designed to help you relax and fall asleep. Um, it's got like some cinnamon and nutmeg in it, so you can mix this with like a glass of milk, throw on your blue light blocking glasses, and you're in for a good night of sleep. All right, so the last thing we're gonna cover here is when to exercise. Um, whenever we exercise intensely, specifically, three things happen within our body. Our, our body temperature increases, our heart rate obviously increases, and our blood pressure increases. And we, we don't wanna to go to bed with those levels being elevated, especially the body temperature. We want that to be decreased. So whenever you work out, just make sure that you give yourself a two to three hour period between when you finish your workout to when you go to bed. That's about how long it takes all of those biomarkers to fall back down to their baseline. So just give yourself a window from the end of your workout to sleep and that way you aren't um, fighting these elevated levels. All right, so that I think covers everything. I know we went through a lot there fairly quick, but high level overview is just avoid blue light in the evening as much as possible. Make sure your room is nice and cool to allow your body temperature to fall and just be aware of when you time specific activities in the evening. One way, um, one thing that we've found that has really helped us optimize our sleep is with these, with, with these trackers. The Aura Ring um, comes in this little box right here. 
We have been wearing these for the past year. We're both married, so it just easily replaces our wedding band. And um, it's, uh, it tracks all kinds of things, our sleep, our sleep stages, heart rate, heart rate variability, body temperature, respiratory rate. And it allows us to see how each of these things really affects our sleep at night. So not all of these will affect everybody exactly the same. Like I might be more sensitive to light. Andy might be more sensitive to temperature. So wearing these night after night has allowed us to figure out kind of what to do with these things and dial in our sleep. So if you don't have a tracker already, I really recommend you get one. Um, we're actually going to be giving this away, this Fitbit away here soon. So someone will have one going home. But it really gives you a lot of information, a lot of health data, and it's really a small price to pay for just the wealth of knowledge you're going to get from it. Yeah, and look, it could be that you try every single one of these and you still can't sleep well. And if that's the case, it's possible that you have a, a sleep disorder, could be sleep apnea, insomnia. If you think that's you, um, ask your doctor if he can test you for a sleep disorder. Um, and, and just be, be cautious of sleeping pills. Sleeping pills are similar to alcohol where they're more of a sedative. So they may help you fall asleep faster, but not necessarily increase the decrease your sleep quality. Um, try to ask for a sleep study. Try to get to the root of the issue of what's causing you from getting good sleep. Um, like we said, sleep is one of the most, if not the most important pillars of our health. So if you think you have a problem, it's absolutely worth asking your doctor about. All right, so, um, I mean, that's all we have. I know we covered a lot, probably went over. Thanks for sticking with us. We really hope you got something out of this. Um, and check these things out. We'll send out an email with everything. We're not affiliated with any of these products. These are just things that have been helpful for us. Hopefully, they're helpful to you as well. Check out our podcast. Follow us on Instagram. And, yeah, enjoy the festival. Stay healthy. Thank you so much. Yeah.